Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. I am your host, Steve. My last day to bet was 5221. Uh, there's a few things I would definitely like to talk about in this podcast. Um, the first thing is obviously I just want to say thank you. Um, I started this podcast uh, back in October of last year. And in the last three days, I believe I've had more people listen, download, whatever you want to call it, than I have in those past three months. And that's where I owe oh, another thank you to um course to Kurt Streeter and the New York Times for putting my podcast in the article. Um, I was speaking to Kurt about that article, honestly, just to spread awareness about this problem of sports betting addiction, daily fantasy sports addiction, that it's a real thing and that this onslaught of advertising is just going to create more of a problem. I'm not saying that gambling needs to be illegal. It shouldn't be illegal. Uh, I don't think anything like this should be illegal. I don't think alcohol should be illegal, weed, whatever. Um, but there needs to be uh, just as much of a focus and emphasis on the fact that this can be an addiction. This can be a problem. There needs to be more resources allocated to it, uh, the help and treatment of people that do become addicted to it. Um, so, yeah, so I just decided to speak to Kurt about this because I, that's what I do. You know, you know, I'm comfortable talking about my recovery um, and I was comfortable putting myself out there. And, you know, I mentioned that I had the podcast and yeah, it'd be nice to have it in there. But, you know, at first he said he wasn't sure if it was going to be in there, which was fine. I, I just wanted to tell my story. So especially with, um, you know, Super Bowl coming up and it's going to be just a lot more, a lot more sports betters out there. So I felt comfortable telling my story and the fact that they put my podcast in there, which brought a lot more people over here. I just want to thank Kurt and them, of course. And then I want to thank everyone who took the time out to write to me and who have listened and, you know, people who even commented on the article, positive or negative. It's okay. Not everyone is going to understand that this is an addiction or a problem. I know I didn't at first especially before I even had this problem, I would see someone buying the stacks of um, scratch offs at the, you know, local gas station or people at a casino for days. You know, I didn't understand it as well. And I even looked down on those people. So I understand not everyone's going to understand. Um, but that's where these stories are important. The more people that talk about this, the more we normalize this, the more we destigmatize this addiction, the more mainstream it'll become, the more people will hopefully be comfortable to talk about it because it's the hidden addiction. You know, it's so easy to hide this. You know, we, we appear stressed. We appear under a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of things in life that can cause that. So, uh, you know, like I said, with, uh, in the past, alcohol, drugs, that's all, those all have signs that point outwards that you can see someone is having an addiction problem with that. This is such an easy addiction to hide. So I think it's important for us to tell our stories. Uh, so I'm really grateful that 
Kurt Streeter and the Times put this out. I'm grateful that HBO put one out uh, that I talked about in the last episode. Uh, the more that we talk about this, the better. Um, so thank you. Thank you to everyone who has been listening and reaching out. Um, I, I have to say, initially, it was, you know, it was ex- exciting to see people, more people listening, of course. And then once people started reaching out, my first uh, feeling that I felt was almost overwhelmed. Like I had this, I want to say new responsibility. Um, but, you know, I remember when I first came into this and started listening to podcasts and I would reach out to the people I was listening to because I felt alone. And when I started hearing these stories, I started to not feel so alone. So I would reach out and I want you to reach out. I'm happy people are reaching out. I want people to come on and tell their stories. Um, I'm going to continue to tell my stories, talk about my feelings. And let me just be, let me clarify, you know, it was overwhelming just at first, maybe because it happened so quick because of this article, but that passed quickly. Now I'm excited. I want to help. This is why I'm doing this podcast in general. I want to spread this message of recovery and hope that you can get better, but you have to take the steps to get there. And if you're here, you've taken at least that step. You've realized you have a some type of issue or you're experiencing some type of harm and you've sought out a podcast like this. You know, you don't, you don't just stumble upon a gambling addiction podcast. So if you're here, you've already taken the first step. Uh, the second step to me would be finding either a local GA meeting or the GA zoom groups. There's a lot of great groups on Facebook. There's a group I'm a part of. Uh, there's a lot you can do. Just try to find a local group to be a part of. If you can't find one, you can reach out to your local council. Uh, you can call the number at the end of this podcast, the national council on problem gambling. They will connect you to your local council and they can hopefully connect you to a therapist, which is what has helped my wife and I to the nth degree. But I want to just, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, going back a little bit to the the emails. I'm not going to say anyone's name. I'm not going to, you know, that's between the people who've reached out and myself, but I got a variety of emails, which was really, really cool to see. It wasn't just people with the addiction reaching out. I had one person reach out that told me a story of, you know, being an affected other and having people in their family that had a gambling addiction and how there's multiple casinos in their area and they do not like gambling. They want to find a way to, you know, they asked how they could help, which is fantastic. I gave the best response I could and hopefully they're able to carry through and, you know, tell their story, spread their story, let it be known that this is a problem. Um, I've had people reach out that want to just learn more about the addiction. They want to uh, learn why we do the things we do, uh, the feelings that we feel while we're in this addiction and feeling the compulsion to to keep betting, even though you keep losing. Uh, I've had affected others who have also had addiction issues themselves that want to come on and speak. And I've had people also reach out 
that realized they had a problem and coming across a podcast like this, which I can relate to is, is how they finally felt not alone. They could relate to someone telling their story and you know, you don't feel alone. Like I remember my first days of recovery. Like I said, my last date of that was five to 21. I, I can clearly remember just being distraught. I mean, I was, you know, the re the relief was there a little bit like, okay, I don't have to hide this anymore. This is great. But also distraught. I didn't know what to do. I thought I was going to lose my family. I thought I was going to lose everything. And I'm a truck driver. I, it's not like I could take days off of work uh, very much. Um, I basically had to go right back to work the next day. So my wife caught everything on a Monday. I was back at work on Tuesday. Um, so as a truck driver, I listened to a lot of music, a lot of podcasts. Um, so I just searched out, you know, gambling addiction on the app I use, which is Spotify that I listen to music on, uh, and podcasts. And that's where I found the after gambling podcast and all in the addicted gamblers podcast. I listened to both of those podcasts over and over again. I listened to every single episode. And the further I got into it, the more I realized that I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one feeling this way. I wasn't the only one feeling the despair. Uh, the stuff you do in a gambling addiction is, is different than the stuff you do in, in other addictions. Like I've talked about in other episodes, I've had other drug addictions in my teens and 20s. And this was different. You know, I felt like I was the only one doing these things. So when I heard these podcasts, when I heard people telling their stories, when I heard these two hosts, Jamie and Brian, telling their stories, little by little, I felt a little better that I wasn't so alone in this. I wasn't the only one doing these things, but also that there was hope for recovery. Both of these guys at the time had years in recovery. You know, some of them had started, you know, Brian had started his podcast when he only had six months in, just like me. And now he's got over seven years. Jamie's got over 11 years at this point. Um, I would suggest if you're having a hard time coming to grips with the fact you have an addiction to this, when you feel alone and you want to hear more stories, both of those podcasts are great to listen to all in the addicted gamblers podcast and the after gambling podcast. Um, a great episode I would suggest to listen to, which is one of the first ones I listened to, which really made me not feel alone was on the after gambling podcast episode 11. It's for family and friends. If you're having a hard time coming out to someone, you don't know what to say. Jamie made the perfect podcast for us. Describes how we feel, how it's hard for us to share. Now there's not, you know, we're good people, but we've just made mistakes and we need help. And it's about 20 minutes long. He explains it perfectly. You can send it off to whoever you need to send it off to, but it's episode 11 on the after gambling podcast called an episode for family and friends. I still listen to it to this day. It's so powerful to me. And I think it's just because, like I said, on, on that day, it's the first thing I heard that made me feel like I wasn't alone. When I was listening to it in my truck, I remember where I was. I was up in Wyndham in New York, driving from stop to stop. And I was listening to it. 
and I literally broke down crying in my truck. I could not believe that there was someone else who had gone through the same things I had gone through. Even though he played poker and I played daily fantasy, the feelings were the same. The despair was the same. But also the fact that there was hope. There's nothing wrong with you. Just because you have an addiction doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You know, we may be a little bit different. We may handle things differently. We may have compulsion issues with specific things like betting on certain things. Like I've talked about in the past, I could go into a casino and it wouldn't do anything for me. I could buy a scratch card. It wouldn't do anything for me. But something about daily fantasy sports sucked me in and I became very addicted to it for a while. So I would suggest definitely listening to those. And thank you to everyone who's reached out. You don't know how much it helps me to be able to hear your stories and make me not feel alone. I, you know, I understand that I'm not alone anymore, but just knowing that you are comfortable enough to reach out and share your stories with me, it means the world. So thank you very, very much. Um, also, I want to just put out there, I started a Facebook group called DFS slash sports betting addiction and recovery. I'm going to put the um, link in the show notes for this episode. It's for people like us, gamblers in recovery or people seeking out help. We can go there. We can share stories. We can share how we're feeling that day. Um, if you're not comfortable enough to go to meetings or join a group, I made that for this specific reason. Uh, I'm going to share different topics in there, you know, several times a week as it grows. Hopefully some people join, you know, we can see one another. We can talk to one another because, um, you know, podcasting is great. Emailing is, is great, but we can't see one another. So if you're interested, uh, it's called DFS Sports Betting Addiction and Recovery on Facebook. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very happy with the way the article came out. Um, Kurt Streeter did a fantastic job. You know, I told him a lot about my addiction. I told him a lot about the start of my addiction, where my sports uh, or love for sports came from. Um, and how it developed into a fantasy habit. But what I really appreciate with what he did with that story is he didn't sensationalize my story to make it sell or make it seem like, look how bad this is. Because a lot of stories I've seen on gambling addiction, that is just all it is. It's just look at how much money this person lost. Look at how everything they've lost in their life. Kurt called me multiple times each day while he was putting the story together. He checked every single detail with me, making sure he got everything right, went over the stuff with me before he published it. He's a really good writer and a really good man. Um, so I, I owe a lot to him. I, I definitely want to thank him again. Um, but I really enjoyed the fact that when he told my story, he didn't make me seem like this sob story. And he also talked about the fact that I'm in recovery and getting counseling because that's what that's to me, that's what matters most. I mean, we do have to tell our stories. We have to talk about how we started 
the feelings we had while we were in our addiction. But to me, what matters most and what I want a lot of this podcast to be and what it's going to be is the recovery aspect. That's, that is how you get better. You need to talk about the wreckage, of course, so we don't feel alone. That's how I didn't feel alone when I heard other stories of people and the feelings they felt in their addiction. But where my hope came from was the recovery stories, what they did to get better. But also realizing that just because you're in recovery doesn't mean that every day is going to be good because every day is not going to be good. But it's how you handle that day-to-day stuff. You know, today is nine months for me. Today I'm recording this on the 2nd of February. So today is nine months. And today was a great day with my wife and I. I mean, I was working, but my wife went to her therapy today. We were talking a lot about uh, the article and just what's been going on the last few days. And it's been great the last couple of days and, and this week and today. And... I'm sure going forward, you know, there's just, there will be ups and downs. There is in every relationship, in every marriage. But um, a big thing I've learned is, is how to handle the days that are down. So, for example, um, the day I recorded my last podcasts, you know, in there, if you listen to it, I say, things are good now, but in 20 minutes or in two days, things could be bad again. Or I could feel this or my wife could feel that. Well, literally, as soon as I get off the podcast, I go upstairs, I lay down with my wife and, you know, we're whatever, we're just spending time together. And then she shares with me something, some fears that she has. And I'm not gonna lie, it was tough to hear. But I understand why, you know, earlier in recovery, or if my wife had shared some of these types of different fears before, I probably would have felt really down about myself. I would have felt really negative. I would have sat in it. I would have tried to be defensive. But I understand where she was coming from. I get why she feels the way she feels, or at least why she was feeling the way she was feeling at that moment. Um, Just the fears that she has about the future. And I understand I'm nine months in now, but the gambling was on and off for years. There's plenty of things that were hidden and lies that I had told in an effort to cover up the gambling and and try to get myself back to zero and try to fix things before everything came tumbling down. So when she talked, when we talked about that stuff, I just basically listened. I didn't get angry. I didn't let it bring me down. Of course, I, I felt sad that this is, you know, how my wife feels at this time. But I, she has the right to feel that way. And I, I'm also not going to beat myself up constantly. I, I do feel guilt about some of the stuff that's happened. And I, but I understand where she's coming from. Um, but, you know. We talked through it, we worked through it, and she talked about it in her therapy today, and you know, things things are better today. So, you know, if I had gotten negative, or if I had gotten defensive, or if I had really started bringing that negative self-talk back and hating myself again and saying, look what you did, look at how you're making your wife feel this and that, 
I might not be in a good mind state right now, even if her mind state had gotten better over the days or through the therapy, I may still be in that negative space. So like I talk about in the first episode, you can feel guilt. You should feel guilt about the bad choices we made. We didn't do these things because we're bad people. We didn't do these things because we want to hurt anyone. But we did these things. We have to take ownership of them. We have to understand that this is where we are. Uh, you know, if our spouses, significant others choose to stay with us, then we do whatever we can to rebuild that relationship. Um, yeah, so yeah, moving forward. Um, yeah, so anyways, today was a good day. Um, you know, I just... I don't want to feel that guilt. I mean, I'm not guilt. I'm sorry. The shame anymore. And I don't feel the shame anymore. So like I said, it's normal to feel the guilt. Um, but don't feel the shame. I know it's hard to let go of. I couldn't let go of it for a while. Um, the shame of really feeling like you yourself are not good enough. You're not worthy of the love of your family or, or anyone or even loving yourself. Um, shame, really feeling like you yourself are a bad person. And it took some time to get over that. It took some therapy. It took a lot of talking about why I felt shame, why I felt the negative way I did about myself, the negative self-talk I used to feel all the time. But this is why therapy is so important to me. Um, I'm sorry if I'm like repeating things from other podcasts, but I know that there's more people listening now. So, you know, you need to absolutely do meetings, be open about your addiction. But for me, what has helped myself and my wife, and this is what we were talking about before, is we wouldn't be in the position we're in right now if we did not have our therapist. We both go to the same therapist, which I think is beneficial, honestly. Uh, because he hears both of our stories. We go at separate times, but he is able to, it's even hard to explain what this man does. He's been like a lifesaver to us. Um, he really is able to t just pick apart what you say and help you realize why you're feeling the way you feel or why you're thinking the way you think. He helps you, he helps guide you in a direction for you to come to these conclusions. My wife talked about her therapy session today where she got so much from it, just from the language she was using and the way she was talking. It's very impressive um, what some of these therapists can do. And this is one thing I'd like to see changed in the future. Hopefully it's like in our state in New York, if your insurance won't cover the therapy, our New York council here on problem gambling will pay for those therapy sessions for you and your affected other or affected others. And there's no cap on how many sessions you can get. Some states have a cap. I think it's Maryland or Delaware. I think it's Delaware that has a, a 15 uh, session limit. Some states have none, which saddens me because for me, therapy has been the thing that's helped me more than anything. Um, it's been a combination of everything of all the different recovery tools, but it has been therapy 
And I hope that's one thing that can be changed in the future. If anything can be changed, money needs to be funneled into these local councils so they can help connect us to the therapists that can help us get better. Because that's, that's where you dig into why you do the things you do, why you feel the way you feel. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine where my wife and I would be without it. So, yeah, uh, if you'd like to get a therapist, try calling your local council. If they don't have the funds or the ability to get you a therapist, there is a website called betterhelp.com. If you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard this advertised before. I hear it on several different podcasts. Um, and, you know, to me, if you can't afford to see a therapist in person, it seems like these therapists are, you know, cheaper or, you know, more accessible. And, um, they are at betterhelp.com. So I think that's all I have for today. Um, once again, thank you so much everyone for listening and reaching out. Um, thank you for reading the article. Um, thank you to everyone who's reached out that wants to share their story. I will definitely have people start coming on and, you know, move forward from here. So thank you so much, everyone. I will talk to you all soon. Be good to yourselves. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G A M dash a-n-o-n dot org the number is 718-352-1671